Hello, comrades. You're listening to Kyle's Communist Podcast. My name is Kyle, and today we're recapping the news in our latest newsletter. That is from May 22nd. If you're looking to follow along with us, you can always go up to kylecommunist.com. At the top of the page, there's a segment called What I'm Watching and that's what we're reading from today. A little bit of background. This podcast is a refresh, a reboot, a rehashing of a previous book club we were doing before. That book club still exists. It's over on Discord. You can find that very easily in the description of this podcast or by going to discord.gg forward slash Kyle Communist. And that can be in your browser. You can also, again, go to kylecommunist.com and it's right there. Without further ado, I want to dive into some really exciting news and then we'll kind of catch up on life as we're going through this. First story. This was a bit of breaking news today on May 22nd. The KKE, that is Greece's Communist Party, gains more than 7% in parliamentary elections, doubling its MPs in the parliament. And here's a quick summary. We include summaries to these articles on the website. That way we can kind of tease people. We want folks to get more interested in socialist and communist news. Sometimes we are on very, very busy schedules, so deciding what news to read can be tricky. I always like to include this little summary. So right off the top, it says, in the May 21 parliamentary elections in Greece, the Communist Party, KKE, gained 7.23% of the vote. That is up from 5.3% in 2019 and increased its MPs from 15 to 26 the party gained significant support in urban centers, working class neighborhoods, and regions with high concentrations of industrial and labor forces. The KKE's general secretary, Dimitris Kautsumbas, and I'm so sorry if I'm butchering that, called the result hopeful messages for the future and accused the other parties of convergence in their basic strategic policies. I have friends from Greece that are part of the KKE, and they sent me messages today on Instagram very excited uh, about these outcomes. And, and I guess, pardon me for not knowing the intricacies of Greece too, too, too thoroughly. It, it, from their message, it sounds like there's going to be another election cycle coming up. Uh, this article might go into more detail about it, so I'd encourage you to go check it out on In Defense of Communism. That's idcommunism.com. Again, go to kylecommunist.com for all these details. We include the original links back to our sources, but we also repost these articles up to our website just in case. In this day and age, I want to remind our comrades, nothing on the internet is forever. The internet is not writing things in stone. Domains go offline. Uh, hosting services go unpaid for. Sometimes there's government issues and bada bing, bada boom, you've completely lost massive uploads, massive uploads to the internet. Um, it's sort of a, a little bit of an irony that back in the 2000s or something, the early 2000s, people thought the internet's going to last forever. You know, once we put something up there, it, it is forever. I want to stress to people as a guy that dives into Soviet history, as a guy that previously hosted a podcast diving into some government conspiracy stuff that <clears throat> is what pushed me further into communism, realizing how how corrupt our government is, how much embezzlement it does, et cetera, et cetera, here in the United States. Uh, I quickly learned how how fast documents can disappear from the Internet, uh, especially, again, in many cases, if you've got someone that was elderly that was maintaining this, you know, maybe back in the, the early 2000s, they created a website and they've passed away since. Those things do pass away with them. Those sites rarely stay archived forever. They will go offline. So one of the things I do, um, although I pull typically from larger sites that do have like some amount of 
source base, you know, keeping itself afloat, I do try to duplicate some of these articles back up to the website. The same being said, with readings from Marxist.org, Marxist.org is a great website that has tons of free communist content. This is a, a plug for them. Please go check it out. Um, this is also a plug for our book club. We're reading a book uh, of Lenin's, and you can get it off of the website. We're going to do Opportunism and the Collapse of the Second International. That is this Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. What's the date on that? That would be the 25th of May. It's in Discord. Highly recommend joining. You can read this without us. You don't need to be there for it, but I would recommend it. 9 p.m. Eastern Time takes us about an hour and a half. It's about what we, we sit for at most. You know, we let people go whenever you need. We're not holding you there all night. But um, usually we're in and out in under an hour and a half. Sometimes if the book is a little bit longer, we might go for two hours if the group votes on that and wants to do it. Please get involved. We listen to the audiobook. We stop in chapter segments, take questions. So it doesn't matter if you're a new Marxist or a veteran Marxist. It's a great place for you to either share your knowledge or ask questions to build your knowledge. Point being, <laughs> the, the origin of that tangent was to say, I am trying to duplicate many of Lenin's texts that, that we're reading for the book club. At least I put those up back to my website. I am perpetually afraid that someday Marxist.org, someday very soon, in the next like year or two, that Marxist.org might be targeted by the United States government. We are 110% going in that direction already. Uh, we are seeing, you know, formal denunciations of socialism in this country. We are seeing uh, the government getting very, very hands-on with what education students can have, primarily referencing DeSantis in Florida attacking LGBT books in schools. We know it doesn't end there. Attacking LGBT people is a way to criminalize straight people as well. I'm sorry, this is a little tangent. This one's not even included in this week's newsletter, but this is very important for folks to know. Um, sometimes I see communists abroad going like, well, why should I care about LGBT rights? I'm straight. Uh, I thought being gay was a bourgeois decadence. Well, first of all, most LGBT people are not bourgeois, right? A lot of LGBT people can be fired from their jobs and discriminated against like that. Not to mention, many are disowned by their families. These are not people who are often coming from wealth of any kind anyway. You know, the, being LGBT is almost exclusively, not exclusively, but almost completely a proletarian sort of thing. They are not interrelated. You were just born gay or not. You are born LGBT or not. Uh, but again, it tends to be because LGBT or people are uh, discriminated against, not typically the owners of companies, not typically the bosses in companies, usually the underpaid, the overworked, the exploited, right? It's the same thing you see against all minority groups. I don't want to make this a gay only thing, but this is relevant for DeSantis in Florida, where they're specifically going after LGBT topics, trans people, etc., saying, these are pedophiles, they're out to get your kids. Meanwhile, most Republicans in this country and a lot of Democrats, most of our politicians have sexual assaults on their records. Uh, a, a lot of them have e indecently exposed themselves to children. I can't remember if it's Marjorie Tyler Greene's, I think it's her, no, oh, uh, or Boebert. It's Lauren Boebert's husband. Uh, Bobert's one of the super conservatives in our, our country. I want to say it's her husband that showed his wiener to a bunch of young teenage girls at a bowling alley, right? Family friendly wiener showing. Uh, but don't worry if you ask Lauren Bobert, it's not her husband 
who the police even charged with indecent exposure. It's it's not her husband we need to worry about, gang. It's it's those dang LGBT people. It doesn't matter that statistically LGBT people are, aren't even not even around kids as much as straight couples for obvious reasons of, of who's having birth and not. But um, you know, again, <laughs> Bobert's husband is showing his Bobert at bowling alleys to young girls. So again, let's let's keep tabs on this stuff because where I started this conversation was to say uh, anti-LGBT laws are a way of keeping straight people in check just as much. Any guy that has ever watched my broadcast on Twitch, has ever liked an Instagram post I've made, has listened to this podcast, you are all being tracked right now listening to this, especially if you're an American. We are getting very friendly with data logging this information, and this will be used against you in a court of law if they are that polite to you. Um, someday, again, our small viewings of this material, just being exposed to it is enough I could, you know, if I were that evil politician, that person out to cause harm to the innocent, I, I could drag you in front of a court and say, well, you know, you know, Joe Blow, you you watched Kyle Communist's Twitch stream on uh, May, May 19th, and he himself is a queer. And uh, because you were watching that stream for 10 minutes, we think you support uh, those dang dirty queers over there. So as a result, we are going to throw you into five years of hard labor because you seem to have dalliances with that type, <laughs> right? That's all it takes. You know what I mean? Laws are only as important as those that implement them. So like you can have any law in the book. It just depends on how it is enforced. And that is currently the route they are going. We've already seen cases like this come about. We've seen threats like this publicized, you know, politicians actually talking about these things. And, and again, for those that don't know about what DeSantis has going down there in Cal uh, down there in Florida, almost said California, but down there in Florida, they now have it so they can take a supposed trans child away from their parents without evidence. So again, it, let's say you, I mean, I'm just making up who you are out there, listener, but let's say you're in a straight couple, husband, wife, you have a kid. Let's say I'm your neighbor. I'm also Mr. Straighty McStraight. I don't like how your trees look. You darn dirty people, you. You should take better care of your property. It just annoys me. It's unsightly. I, I'm, I'm petty, right? You know what? I've had an argument with you too many times about your trees. I'm going to call or file an anonymous report on a government website saying that you expose your children to LGBT ideology. Maybe you're over there uh, doing that gender-affirming care. You and your straight couple and your child. I'm going to report you. Well, guess what the state's going to do? They're going to take your child away from you because that is legal and that is the precedent. They, that is the actual steps they must follow now. They will take that child from you and you may wind up behind bars until they can sort things out. Hopefully you won't wind up in one of those jail cells like in Georgia. Subtle uh, other throwback here. Remember that guy in Georgia we were talking about on the, the streams up on the website and all that? There was a guy in Georgia in the past couple, I think it was within the last year, he was eaten by bugs in his jail cell. He wasn't guilty. He was uh, he couldn't afford his bail, so Georgia threw him in a jail cell that uh, looked to me like there was fecal matter all over the place. Absolutely disgusting, below any kind of humane, I mean, extremely inhumane treatment. Like, abs, you, you mentioned the word inhumane, and that's, put this picture next to it in the dictionary. 
got eaten alive by bedbugs, lice, etc., wasn't guilty. Or we don't even know. I mean, he died before anything was taken to trial. He just couldn't afford bail. So again, I hope you and your straight family thrown into these prisons by DeSantis's fascist government. Uh, hopefully you don't get eaten by bedbugs before your child's life can be sorted out. And you found out that, no, we didn't do that. See how dangerous this stuff is? Accusations. Having the law lowered to the extent that accusations like this are damaging, that they actually have these real percussions like this, real life repercussions absolutely dangerous. So anyway, let, let's dive into the next story. Uh, I think this one's pretty relevant to the topic, although we're jumping around the world. This one's titled Estonia's Institute of Historical Memory Shamefully Falsifies World War II History, Promotes Anti-Communism. As always, you can read this up on the website and the summary goes, the Estonian Institute of Historical Memory in collaboration with the German embassy in Tallinn hopefully I'm saying that right, is promoting anti-communism and distorting history by equating the, U uh, the Soviet Union with Nazi Germany and claiming that the Soviet Union committed war crimes and human rights violations. The Ministry of Education of the Republic of Cyprus recently called for students and teachers to apply to the anti-historical program organized by the EIHM, causing backlash from Akel, you're going to be able to read all about this, and the Communist Party in Greece, the KKE organized in, organization in Cyprus has condemned the directive as provocative and unacceptable and stresses the importance of remembering the Soviet army who fought against fascism. This is something you're going to see a lot of when watching the communist movements and the, the opinions of communism coming out of Western and Central Europe. As the war in Ukraine, the imperialist war rages between the Western-backed Ukraine, backed by NATO, and then you've got capitalist Russia and their anti-communist policies there. It is a huge maelstrom, a massive storm to destroy communism, right? None of these entities want communism. NATO, Ukraine, Russia, all anti-communists, the governments. There are communists in those countries that are great, and I reshare many of them up on Instagram if you want to see. They're even listed up on the website if you want to follow some cool sources. But the governments, Putin, Zelensky, Biden, Trump, none of them want communism. They all hate it. They hate workers' rights. And you as a worker listening to this podcast, they personally hate you. They personally hate you. Personally hate you. As an individual listening to this, I want you to know you are hated. 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 You are below value to them. Despicable, waste of space, dirty creature. I want you to remember that because these are our enemies, real, actual enemies, not fairy tale villains, not silly adversaries that we joke about. These people actually hate you and would pleasantly watch if you were, I don't know, tortured for their amusement, right? I mean, let's remember these bourgeois people are at the level of extraordinary decadence of doing very many Hunger Game type endeavors. In fact, I would argue, you know, a lot of the time when they do those programs, oh, you know, you do all this backbreaking labor and we'll give you some small reward for it. Part of me wonders how much of that they just enjoy 
seeing people scrounge and suffer and willing to bend over backwards for a small meager handout. But let's remember, that's the stage we're at right now. All of these countries are winning in this war as they force proletarian to fight brother proletarian from the next country over, right? As the Russian workers are forced to kill the Ukrainian workers, the workers are the only people that lose. I'll say that again. As the proletarians kill each other, as the workers kill each other, destroying each other's families, destroying each other's homes, destroying any chance of education as universities are destroyed, as, as art museums, monuments, all destroyed in, in battle, but also in the xenophobia, the racism, the ideological feuding against the working class. All of this is just a massive bloodbath for the workers. That is what's going on over in Europe, is this war is being used to push anti-communism to an extreme, because it works for the Western countries to say, look at Putin and his disgusting pro, pro-communist, pro-socialist policies. You talk to any real communist within Russia, real meaning any communist who is organized, any communist who is well-read in Marxism, anyone that actually engages in regular educational content, you talk to any of those Marxists, they are as anti-Putin as they come. They are as anti-KPRF or CPRF, the Communist Party of the Russian Federation. They are as anti for those parties as you can get because they recognize that those are opportunist, social chauvinist countries that defend the bourgeois fatherland. And if any of these phrases or things you want to learn, really get your butt to the book club because last week, We just finished a two-week segment of Lenin's Tasks of the Proletariat in Our Revolution. Beautiful book. It is, I think I'm going to say it is my favorite book from Lenin. In there, he outlines very well what is social chauvinism, how does imperialism work, what is internationalism, how does one stop the war, and it's all really outlined in a very accessible way, though Lenin's writing can be a little bit confusing to people. Maybe I should just say very quickly, opportunism is when you've got proletarians who start defending the bourgeois, the capitalists, the elite class, right? Those folks. So whenever one of ours starts defending them, they are an opportunist. They are working on behalf of the rich while they themselves are poor, right? Just like us. They are with us in our jobs, but they are not with us as a team, ideologically. You know, they oppose us. And if it gets worse, a higher elevation of it, as Lenin talks about social chauvinism, he has some beautiful quotes in that article saying things like, and I'm going to butcher it, that they are social, I'm sorry, they're socialists only in word and not in deed. They do not do socialist actions. You'll see this a lot comrades that are shilling for Russia. Oh, it's good to have an adversary. I'm going to back those. I'm going to back the bourgeois that's um, arresting their own communists because somehow that's going to build international proletarianism. Really, it's a selfish, selfish take. I'm going to endorse a fascist aligned person. I'm going to endorse a bourgeois aligned person. Yeah, they torture communists in their country. Yeah, they arrest communists in their country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but they're helping me. So screw those other proletarians. What's the matter? Why do I care if they get chucked up in the meat grinder? As long as that bourgeois country's helping to fight my bourgeois country, right? Louis knocking stuff over in the background. Anyway, 
This is the stuff we got to be very careful about. We cannot let comrades slide with this sort of thing. Again, if you see a quote unquote comrade who supports the Russian Federation or any other bourgeois state, Iran, etc., any of this brick stuff, that is someone who has directly sold out the values of socialism and communism. They have sold out international proletarianism. And it's not me telling them that. It's Lenin telling them that. If you'd like to see some great pull quotes from this, please go up to my Instagram account, Kyle Communist. I have pulled some out and had friends from all over the world. We translated it into about 10 other languages. There's a great one telling people, if you want, he says, there's only one real kind of international proletarianism, and that is the active fight and struggle against the bourgeois of your own country. And the same line pushed in other countries, meaning your job as a communist is not to cry about other countries and, oh, oh, your job is to meet those proletarians there to help build the fight against their bourgeoisie and your own. And that is why, again, Lenin would say anyone who's out there defending Putin, anyone who's out there supporting any imperialist, bourgeois, capitalist leadership, they are a traitor to their own communists and the communists of that country. They are an enemy of the people. Now, the great news is any silly, quote unquote, comrade that has that faulty take, they can be educated. The problem is they're not reading enough Marxist literature, right? That is the issue in these cases. That is why we get them involved in these book clubs. And I got to tell you, having this book club, and if you want to participate in this book club, one of the strongest things we get to do as comrades I'll ask you, have you ever had this situation happen where you're debating somebody on the internet? Maybe uh, maybe you post something communist on Instagram and another, again, quote unquote, air quotes, comrade comes up and says, you don't know what you're talking about. You need to read. I mean, that's happened to me a lot. And in fact, that specifically inspired me to start reading. I had a, a twerp. <laughs> I'm just going to call him that in hindsight. So when the war started in Ukraine, I had a twerp on the internet and Instagram say, you don't know how to formally define imperialism. You don't know how Lenin defines it. Well, okay. So it's turned out that I went and I did a lot of reading. I was defining it exactly as Lenin was. Even without having that knowledge, I was still doing it right. And this guy was doing it wrong. The best part about being in a book club, you get a new arsenal of tools to use against them and say, well, actually I do. I read every week. I, I'm part of a book club we discuss. Do you? Are you part of one? What's the last time you've read? When did you last read? What was it? What were your thoughts? Can you quote me some segments from that book? You can really, and I encourage you, gang, hitting them with questions. As com This is me just tangenting now. As communists on the internet, I think you will probably vibe out with me saying this. We get pressured to give responses. Oh, come on, comrade. You can't answer that. You don't know. You don't know. Oh, communist. You don't know the answer to this. Always on the offensive with their questions, but never willing to defend their own points with quality sources themselves, right? I would encourage you as a communist not to spend time answering every minutia question on the internet. I would actually encourage you to be more of a question asker. Start leading that horse. Start asking the questions. We can't force them to drink. You know the saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. At least let's try 
to lead them to the water. I have no silly views that we can save or change everyone's mind. It's just, it's not going to happen. But there are many that we can. And even if we personally do not fix them, if we challenge their views in a way that makes them think, even if their brain only clicks on for half a second, that is a half a second more than their brain was going to turn on the entire rest of that day, right? That, that half a second you had them think and challenge their views on communism, guaranteed no one else was going to do it the whole rest of that day. If not you, then who? So ask good questions and you will get that by joining book clubs. It doesn't have to be ours. I'd love it if you do. We have um, sometimes 10 people in that chat. Absolutely beautiful, awe-inspiring to me, in fact. We have great turnout to that and I really hope it'll be you in our next. We do them every Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern time on Discord. We might even open up another night if people are interested. Okay, Kyle, get back on track. Point number three here under the news section. Quote, man with baseball bat attacks staffers at Representative Gary Conley's office, police say. Summary goes on. A man wielding a metal baseball bat attacked two members of Democratic Representative Gary Conley's office, I'm sorry, staff at his district office in Northern Virginia. The suspect... And I'm just going to read his last name because I'm going to butcher it. I'm so bad at, at, at Asian names here is, is fam, fam, I think is, is how it said maybe, is in custody and faces charges of aggravated malicious wounding. Both staffers were brought to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. And the suspect also damaged computers and glass at the office. It is not clear what the suspect's motivations may have been. <laughs> okay. Wow. Well, I have an answer. Kyle, how do you have an answer? Dialectical materialism. Easy answer. Look, you got a culture war on your hands. You've got media that's controlled by the elite, the uh, the, the bourgeois, the, the capitalists. They control this media. They are sparking conflict, neighbor versus neighbor, because if we are killing each other, we are not killing them. And that is the problem, right? We are at each other's throats. And I make no apologies for people that are down the conservatism right-wing angle the people that don't have concern for other human life i don't make excuses or apologies for them because good lord they want to kill me i will say that these are brainwashed and thoroughly damaged people and i don't mean that as an insult i mean that as a fact i mean that clinically i mean that psychologically it's not shared in this, but I put it up on my Instagram story yesterday. Uh, I, there was a whole oh, sort of a meme that went around. It was a picture of a guy and he's in a football jersey and he's saluting at a war film. And the person had a caption to it and they were like, oh, he's so noble. He didn't move a hand or a foot for the entire hour and a half film where he's just saluting this Hollywood big budget movie. And, and, and they're trying to make this, this soldier sound noble. I shared it and I wrote, this isn't a hero. This is a victim. This person isn't noble. They're damaged. And I wrote, this is someone who has been subjected through basic training and advanced training in the U.S. military, has been subjected, I'm sorry, to beatings, right? Physical training uh, that result, you know, actual fighting each other. They have been tear gassed intentionally 
made to take their gas mask off. Did you know they do this, by the way? Uh, they make soldiers in basic training go into a tear gas room. Uh, sorry, it's a gas chamber. You walk in, you got your gas mask on, you have to take it off and 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 go through a certain count in there, like a timed count. And then you got to relay information even like within this tear gas environment. It's, it's supposed to, quote, make you a little bit more resilient to it to understand the value of your gas mask. I mean, come on, folks. This is literally conditioning, torturing people and being like, well, either obey us or you're going to go back in the gas chamber with some more tear gas. I, I, I have no pity for the establishment of our military system. The establishment in itself needs no respect, needs no praise. It needs dismantled. And as for our soldiers, maybe I should say, but for our soldiers are people in all different aspects of the armed forces. They are the most exploited or some of the most exploited workers in the United States. They are predominantly children, children soldiers, groomed through high school, groomed through media. <laughs> we would talk about grooming, right? Back in DeSantis, right? He's worried everyone's grooming people to be gay. Ah, they're grooming. Everyone's going to be trans. <laughs> Let's talk about the real grooming in this country, which is the military. They groom children by funding Hollywood movies. They groom children by sending soldiers to classrooms in the United States into physical training, meaning phys ed courses at, at high schools. They intentionally target students that are performing poorly. And I might have mentioned this. Uh, actually, I guess this would have been the, before the reboot of the podcast. But I talked about a story where... The JROTC, that is the high school level sort of onboarding for people that want to go to the military. They can take some classes and get in some early training. That is supposed to be an elective only course dictated by law, elective only. However, however, schools in the United States have been fudging that and they've been forcing kids to take JROTC classes, forcing kids into pre-military classes. And uh, can they get out of these? Nope. Well, Kyle, uh, 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 this can't be real. Actually, it's very well documented on a lot of military websites. A lot of military blog sites that are veterans, veteran run, a lot of sites that are done and, and, and updated by active duty soldiers, they are the ones reporting on this. So please don't take it from non-military Kyle. Please take it from the people that have been in these positions. And I want to say a huge freaking shout out to our veterans in this country. I want to, first of all, I mean, I've never said this anywhere before, but in the back of my mind, since I was a, a teenager back in high school, he, growing up in the middle of the Iraq war, I never thought positively of the word veteran because to me, the word veteran meant kind of, I don't even want to say like super soldier, but like this idea of like brainwashed, manipulated, abused, like it's everything that's wrong with the state. I'm not thanking a veteran because the whole, in the US we have this policy or this kind of cultural thing. Thank a veteran, thank a veteran. is really big during the Iraq war. Oh, they're, they're fighting for freedom. They're killing brown kids for freedom. And I thought, you know, fuck a veteran. Bullshit. But you know what? I have a whole new respect for veterans. And it's brought about by the veterans that come to my streams. And it is because they are so freaking smart when it comes to socialism. They are aware, they are well read, 
And again, I hope any of our veterans out there, I hope you understood what I just tried to say there. I was so, as a kid, appalled at what the country sings and screams of a veteran. Thank them for killing children overseas. Thank them for defending our oil fields. I don't thank a veteran for that. Fuck that. What I thank a veteran for is you surviving the brutality of our system that targeted you, manipulated you, and I am so beyond thankful that you are not giving up the fight, that you are taking on the real fight. You are a real hero, whoever chooses to fight and advocate for the working class. You are fighting for kids to eat. You are fighting to end the slaughter of children abroad. You are fighting so that these countries stop fighting. One of the greatest myths that we're all saturated with these days is that these countries are natural and deserve to exist. <laughs> Let's remember, the workers, we have no fatherland. There is no socialist fatherland at the moment beckoning us home. There is no socialist fatherland fighting for kids to eat. There is no socialist fatherland fighting to, to house the homeless. No, 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 no. We are barcode branded slaves born in to this country, wherever you are, but I'm in the United States. I was born into this country to be a worker, to serve at the leisure of the elite. My education is at the leisure of the elite. My food is at the leisure of the elite. My living conditions all dictated by the leisure of the elite who dictate how well they want us to live. I don't have a fatherland. I have pity in my heart for the American people, specifically our children. I have a lot of pity. I want to save these people. I want to do what we can to alleviate the suffering that is happening to our neighbors. But it cannot be done by keeping the system up. And that is why, again, I am over the moon in awe of our people that have come through the brainwashing of that military system and are now using their status as respected veterans, taking that clout and wielding it against the system. The same system that put them up on a pedestal a second ago, using that clout to dismantle the system. I just watched a Navy officer who served for 21 years say, I spent my years, quote unquote, fighting religious extremism abroad. Pardon me. He said religious fascism. And then he says, now we need to fight religious fascism here in America. Chat, the, 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 the lines, the gauntlets, they're all, it's all being thrown down, right? The, the challenge is being thrown down. A massive shout out to the fact I have active duty soldiers, active duty sailors who are messaging me asking about socialism and communism, who are reading Lenin on board our ships with their crewmates. They are organizing. And I hope you will too. I myself am very interested in joining IMT. It's not finalized. That's something I want to do. <laughs> I got a long way from the, the course of this article. But this article started this thought. This article was about, well, why was a Democratic uh, a senator's office attacked or representative's office attacked? Why, why did that happen? Culture war, baby. Of course, culture war. Because some people in our country are convinced that it is only Democratic liberal bullshit versus conservative Republican fascist bullshit. Well, got to pick one of the worst evils. 
Which side can I be on? Which which side's going to kill the kids of color overseas? Hmm? Which side should I join? Oh, wait, they both do. Socialism and communism are our only answers, friends. We know this. Communism is destined to win because capitalism is destined to fail. It is only the exploitation of the people. It is not about fair trade or free trade. It's not about living conditions being good. Capitalism is certainly not about alleviating poverty. Capitalism needs poverty. This system cannot take it. It cannot take us forward. It cannot improve things. We see very clearly just by looking out the window, looking at the quality of the roads, by looking at the quality of our water supplies in this country, by looking at how every single disaster is responded to, or maybe specifically, we can see that they are not responded to. Our troops serve and die so that our people can be poisoned here. Our families pay taxes, they skimp on food, they eat less, they live worse, so that those taxes can go and not solve chemical disasters, not solve ecological disasters. No, we work, we die, we die overseas, we die here for more yachts for the rich so that they can launch another rocket into space that you will never get on. Because if you didn't listen, you forgot about what I said 20 minutes ago. You are disgusting. You are subhuman. You are not rich. You do not deserve it. They're not taking you to space. They're not taking me to space. We are filth. We are trash. We are disposable. <laughs> we are disposable, comrades. That is how they see us. That is how they see your parents. That is how they see your children. That is how they see your brothers, your sisters, your cousins. You are garbage and you will be brought to kneel at any cost. If you are too resilient to be brought to kneel through the mass media, through the papers that are controlled by Bezos, the rich, the government. If you are too resilient for that, then they will employ all of the state violence they can bring to bear to beat and brutalize you in your home, on the street, in your car, on a plane, on a train. I feel like I'm doing Dr. Seuss here. The only thing you're gonna be eating is green eggs and ham. And that is the green eggs that have rotted in the kitchen at your prison, right? We are going towards a bloody future, comrades. Socialism or barbarism. I choose us. I choose socialism. I choose our children because I believe our job here. Now, I am 30. My life is over. My job is to make sure that other teenagers, other children can have a life. I didn't get much of that. Growing up through the Iraq war, my generation was the group that was lied to about college. Oh, it's there. It's waiting for you. You can get a good job after that. <laughs> my debt disagrees. My debt, which is three or four times more than I have in my bank account at any time. My debt, my debt is worth more than my life is in this system. And these aren't my beliefs, of course. I want you to know. I think you've gotten my sarcasm. I pray you have. Because it is not me calling you a piece of trash, comrade. It is this country. It is our government. It is, admittedly, some of our neighbors. It is some of our parents. Remember, some of us, even some comrades, have gone over to the side of the bourgeoisie. You'll see anti-LGBT comrades out there. 
you'll see anti this, that, or the other comrades out there. We need to be bringing together a class unity that has not been seen before. And that is why I spend my every day trying to educate people. That is why we do this podcast. That is why we do the website. That is why we have the book club, the Instagram, all of it exists. And the newsletters twice a week exist so that you have a better idea what's going on in the world. I will give you the biggest secret of the night. I'm recording this at night. The biggest secret of the night is all of our countries are going down similar paths. I will at least limit that to the global north and say all of our countries are going down a similar path. I sit here in the United States and I read articles from Russia reported by communists there and they are suffering the same problems we are. Russia has a, a, a much worse income status. Their, their people are further exploited labor than here in the United States. And guess what? They have a child labor epidemic happening. It's swelling at the same time as ours. We got 10-year-olds working a 2 a.m. shift at McDonald's. They got a massive surge of demand for 14-year-olds to work at jobs. Comrades, we are not enemies by country. Right. That is the joke. I want you to get in on this. The joke. We are not enemies by country. We are told that from birth. All oh, the Russians, all oh, the Chinese, all oh, the Germans, all oh, of these, all oh, of those. Meanwhile, our countries are in bed with the enemies that run those countries. They are friends. They drink champagne together at summits. I need you to realize how friendly they are. They have class unity. Do we? Well, we need to build it because they sure as hell are. Putin, Zelensky, Biden, these are all buddies. These are people that at any moment can say, you know what, though, we're not going to war anymore. In fact, let's go hang out. Let's do a G-whatever summit. Why don't we stroke each other in the back of the G-whatever? We'll let more people pay for it. The people can pay for our champagne. The workers don't need it. They're uncultured swine. Okay. Well, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tease you the next article and let you get back to it again. I hope I gave you a little bit of an answer why that uh, political attack happened. It is because of culture wars. It is because us, the people who do not have class unity, that our people are attacking one another. And I guess in his, his case, he went and actually attacked an, an office uh, of politicians. They are our class enemy. But he did not do it with good intentions. You can see here, uh, individual acts of violence like this are not going to move the, the, the communist or socialist movement forward. In fact, I think attacks like this one where we saw Democratic uh, staffers attack, I think that's going to become very common. My, uh, how, how does Kyle predict the path of fascism happening? One of the stages is that you allow violence to be perpetuated against your, quote, leftist people. We know that Democrats are not real leftists, but others think that they are. And that is why they're attacking them. We watched a film from the USSR two Sundays ago called Ordinary Fascism. We're going to restream it in the future because it was so good. People in the chat loved it. Ordinary Fascism had a phrase. We must reward people for their barbaric act. We must make them feel like heroes. That is how one gets fascism to flourish. Remember... One of the most notable signs of the sliding to fascism is the 
rewarding of vigilante thugs. And if you look to the murder of Jordan Neely in New York City in the subway, black man executed by a Marine, ex-Marine, guy that had the training. He knew lethal force versus non-lethal force. And he chose to, in front of people, in front of cameras, to cheers and applause, murder a black man in cold blood. The black man was only 30 years old yelling about how bad life was. We've all seen people yell on a subway. Wasn't hurting anyone, wasn't punching or kicking anyone. And that man came up, that Marine came up from behind him and executed him, held him down, held his face to his own, strangled him, felt the life leave him. Why? Well, one, he is a person of color and our military surely taught him that that's dirty and we think less of them. Second, We've been beating a drum for a long time in this country that homeless people are undeserving of any form of respect, any form of humanity, any sort of kindness. We treat, we treat, sorry, we educate people into thinking that these homeless folks are dirty, undeserving leeches on our system. And so now we're teaching people that it's okay to kill them in cold blood. You can go read this story up on the website. It has grown and, 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 and become more since I reported on it. But I just want you to know what's going on. And that is the point of these newsletters. We are already somewhere around 45 minutes on this podcast. So I'll go ahead. I will wrap it up for today. I'm going to let you all go. Thank you so much for listening to Kyle's Communist Podcast. It is a fun thing. I'm just doing... Uh, trying to do it weekly. I'm going to try and recap these letters. Sometimes I'm going to foreshadow what happened in a, an upcoming one if I've got that in the wings, like if I've already drafted a couple stories for the week. It's going to change. This last weekend, I guess I didn't mention this off the top, but I had a family funeral, so I did not get to work on this letter far in advance, and I didn't get to do this podcast. I would maybe do this on a Sunday. In fact, yesterday, Sunday, I was out at a flea market here in Pittsburgh area, uh, they had a lot of Soviet stuff, so you can go check out some of those. I posted some pictures of the, the goodies that I found and saw. I, I managed to buy a couple for a very, very affordable price. Got some uh, Komsomol items. Very cool to see Soviet stuff here in, in Pennsylvania. Uh, dig it. Go up there. Check it out. There's a, a post from another Russian comrade. One of their outlets is up there. I've got a song translated for people, some art I want people to walk away from these newsletters feeling empowered. I want you to know there is a community of comrades out there. When I was 18, I didn't know that. I didn't know. I didn't start to understand that until much later in my life, nearing the end of my 20s, did I see the building communist movement. All I had seen before was the, the terrible... Uh, edge lords on the internet. I almost wanted to say tanky. I don't. I don't have an insult to the word tanky, but I was was kind of thinking of those again, the edge lord type that are all look and no theory. Right? They say some of the dumbest takes you've seen because they don't know what they're talking about. Their their conception of communism is literally that of the liberal and and conservatives. Communism is when no food. Communism is when no iPhone. Communism is when no job. Right? All that bullshit. You'll see some, quote, comrades out there trying to walk that talk. They think that's the real stuff. Those people can be educated rather quickly, just as a heads up. Those people, get them to the book club. Get them learning. Get them reading this week's book club. Scrolling. Hold on. We are reading Lenin's Opportunism and the Collapse of the Second International. In this book, Lenin is going to outline more of what is opportunism. <clears throat> Again, it's 
fake comrades <laughs> defending the bourgeois. It's fairly uh, straightforward, but that's not good enough. That little line I gave you is not going to help you in an argumentative situation. So what you need to do is come listen to what Lenin has to say. Listen to our breakdowns of it. If you've read this book before, you are more than welcome to come and give your insights to you can type it in text chat, you can say it in voice chat, you can read this book ahead of time, you can read it afterwards, you can read it along with us that night. But either way, or all of those ways, I want you to get that education in there. There is a newsletter uh, you can submit your email to in there as well. I want to shout that out. You want to pop your email in. If you're enjoying this podcast, it would mean the world to me. Whatever app you're listening to, uh, listening to this, this podcast through, check it out. See if they've got a way to rate the podcast. If you can give it a thumbs up on Spotify, do it. If you can give us a five-star review on iTunes, do it. And if you're on iTunes or anywhere that lets you actually write something, please take that time to write it. I'd like to call you out. You could say something as simple as, uh, communism will win. Or you might say international proletarianism is the only way forward. I don't care what you write down there. Actually, I do. I'm going to be very excited to see what you write. But please write something. Because if you're given that blank, if you're given that option to submit it, it will uh, highlight you in that queue. If you just drop a five star or just a simple thumbs up, we don't get those stats as podcasters. I can't see uh, I, I, I can't see when, when Tommy over there gives me just a five star, but if Tommy gives me a five star and says, I love the show, then I get to see that and I can, can talk about it on here. It's going to do it for this week, gang. I want you to stay super, super safe out there. I want you to get organized with your comrades. I want you to start practicing the way you persuade people into understanding socialism. I want you to practice Specifically, I want you to practice how you talk about socialism and communism without the buzzwords. I want you to be able to go to your conservative friends, your conservative parents, your conservative whoever, and have a conversation with them, push them into socialism and communism without them ever knowing. And I'll give you a little, little tip on that one, too. Once they've started, let's say you go have a first time experiment with that and, you know, you're starting to win them over and you actually have them agreeing to a lot of socialist points. I'll give you a tip. Don't say like, oh, good. Now you're, you know, you're embracing socialism. That's happened over the years with my parents where I'm like, ah, I've got them far enough. I've got them far enough. Careful when you try that big, like, well, that's socialism. That unveil, that, that, that surprise party revelation, that takes time. So don't rush that. Let them become comfortable. There's a really good other piece. Uh, I will tease out that we've read Kalanti, uh, uh, Kalantai, Alexandra Kalantai's work titled Who Needs the War? We read that a few weeks ago in book club. She does not use socialist buzzwords. She does not use communist buzzwords, at least most of the article. I want you to go reread it. Go read it for me. Go go check it out again. But go read that. It is a beautiful piece, warning against war without telling people, without screaming about Marxism. It's absolutely a Marxist piece, but it does not use Marxist buzzwords. And that, my friends, is a great way to start plying at people. Remember, they don't know what socialism and communism is. They only know to be afraid of it. So goodbye. Good luck. I will catch you next week. Thursday, there will be a new newsletter. Look out for that. Look out for the Twitch streams, and I will see you soon. Bye-bye.